0: What's the most trouble you've ever got into involving the telephone? The telephone? The do You telephone. mean like
1: on a telephone?
0: Alexander Graham Bell's The Telephone. Didn't
1: he rip that off from someone, though? I'm sure he did. Like in Marconi fact, or whatever?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Taking
1: credit wasn't his. Oh, God. White people, what are you going to do? Privilege. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, so there was this one time. Okay, yeah, I can remember one time very clearly. I was trapped in a basement, and I had to fill a phone up with dirt and <laughs> beat someone to death with it. <laughs> I got in a little bit of trouble for that. No, I'm just kidding. No. Actually, you know what? I thought hasn't of, done that, though? <laughs> I thought of this long and hard. I can't think of a time I ever got in trouble because of the phone. I think maybe back when long distance cost something, maybe I got told not to make calls to my grandma or something like that. You know, like, don't don't make a long distance call unless you check with us first. But I never, like... Ran up a nine hundred dollar bill or something on. Well, what about like? Did you ever do crank calls
0: or any of that shit? Not you know, really. Back before caller ID was a thing, and you get away with it. Honestly, we were more neighborhood kids. Yeah, we we were pulling bullshit in the neighborhood. Well, we we did some crank calls. I don't remember any. Uh, I know one time a friend of mine called Taco Bell, and he tried to place an order of a, a chili cheese and shit taco. And <laughs> they thought it was the funniest thing, in, in you know, seventh grade or whatever it was, but. You know, they'd always threaten, I got star 69 or whatever it was where it'd call you back. Oh, that changed the game. Star (laughs) 69 changed the game. Right. Uh, But the most, and I didn't really get in that much trouble, but it was the fear of getting in trouble. I used to hang out with this kid in seventh grade who was up to no good, started making trouble in his neighborhood. So, he, he got onto this kick where he started, like, drinking his dad's tequila and replacing it with water in the bar, you know, so they couldn't tell the levels were gone. Mm-hmm. And one of these, like, Friday s- sleepovers, he got into his head that he wanted to start calling those 1-900 sex numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, he apparently, he'd been doing this for weeks on his own. But one of the times I came over to stay the night, you know, after watching MTV and playing Super Nintendo or whatever... He like pulled the phone out and called this number. And he's like, talk to him, like handed me the phone. My voice had just changed. So I sounded a lot older than a (laughs) seventh grader. (laughs) So we get on the phone line and this lady answers and she just starts asking me how I'm doing and everything else. And she's like, you sound very mature, you know. And I was like, I got nervous and like hung up the phone because I was just like a stupid kid. I was like, what are we doing? I got to go. I know, pretty much. So weeks go by and then, you know, I guess this kid wasn't very bright, but his parents got the phone bill with all these charges and he called me up like one weekend afternoon and is like, dude, my parents found out. I'm just like, oh, dude, that sucks for you. He's like, they're threatening to call your parents. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you even talking about right now? I didn't do shit. Are you saying this on the phone? Get off the phone. He's like, the bill's like a thousand bucks or something, man. Like they want you to help pay for it. And I don't know if he was telling the truth about his parents being involved or threatening to call my parents at all or if I was just getting fleeced for money. Oh, man. So I was like, look, motherfucker, you dialed the number, handed me the phone, and you know I hung up in just a couple minutes. I was like... I'm a broke seventh grader. I got a twenty dollar bill to my <laughs> name. I'll give it to you. And that is fucking it. And that was the last time I ever heard of it. So Oh wow. I guess he was just bluffing, but yeah. It never came anything. Well,
1: that's other. the thing. that's how they get you. It's not that one ninety nine a minute that gets you. It's that nine to fifteen dollar connection fee every time you call. <laughs> right. I remember a story of a friend of mine who basically goes like I'd call and hang up before the first minute so I wouldn't get charged. And I was like, Cool. And then like he got a bill also that it was like Oh, my God! And it was like, yeah, well, dude, they're
0: getting their money one way or the other. Yeah. And it wasn't the only time that I was semi-involved with this weird telephone game of sex and dubious natures, you know? Uh, I had a friend in Call high
1: school. Call 1-900-MARK.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend in high school. His house was like the hangout for all the neighborhood kids, right? There was a, it was a house of eight of them. Okay. Four boys and four adopted daughters. So big-ass family, but we'd all go out and hang out at that place. Here's the story of a <laughs> fucked-up family. Um, no, I think they're okay, but okay. I don't know how they all ended up. I'm
1: just, I'm just, I'm just yeah, yeah, for no. the joke. Sure, it was for the yeah, joke. Yeah.
0: I don't know how all that's uh, <laughs> all panned out in the last 30 years or so. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, the parents came to us. They sat us all down one afternoon and said, somebody's been calling one of these sexy lines. And was like, was it you, Mark? And I'm like, no, what the fuck? Why does everybody keep thinking I'm doing this <laughs> shit? And they actually had a recording. Like they went to the phone company to get a like a sample of the voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was like, hi, my name is Steve. I want it now. <laughs> that was the clip they Was it a back. robot? No, but it was oh. it was clearly a male okay. disguising their voice. And I don't know if they ever figured out which kid did it. So that's my new voicemail. I'm gonna, hi, my name is Steve, I want it now. <laughs> right. Beep. But yeah, I don't, I never understood those phone lines, even whenever, you know, this was the internet was in its infancy, basically, mm-hmm. you know, AOL and all that stuff. Like it just never, never made sense to me to call those things.
1: Yep. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, I yeah, I never really got in trouble with the phone. We did other stuff, but uh, never the phone. That's a great question though. John, what about you? Where is John? John is not here today. Oh, John is out because he has some stuff to attend to. Once again, Garrett the only one at the Grave Talk podcast who can consistently do what the hell we're supposed to do. The load-bearing host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's the what's the guy who has to roll the boulder up the hill? Um, Sisyphus.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Ah, that's mm. me. But John did was nice enough to give us his story.
2: I remember two times growing up, I got in trouble regarding the telephone. Uh, in elementary school, we used to have a phone booth in like the lobby area where we would go and prank call the operator Uh, which is a sentence that makes me feel very very old um but we would just do like stupid pranks like hey what's the phone number for george washington or abraham lincoln a lot of presidents we were not very creative Uh, And the second time is once when I was really young, maybe like in the second or third grade. Uh, I called 911 to see what would happen and hung up when I got scared. Uh, And then they called back as they do. and My mom answered and suffice to say, she was not happy. uh, And I got in a lot of trouble for doing that. Uh, And those are the, the kind of the two times that stick out for me.
0: That's a reasonable mistake. Those are, yeah, those are right? reasonable
1: like kid things. You yeah. know,
0: calling nine one one and hanging up. I mean, I'm sure plenty of kids have done that. They just don't realize that they'll like call you back. And be like, is yeah. there an emergency? Yeah. Did yeah. you hang up on purpose? Guess what? You fucked. And yeah. you're like, Whoa, wait. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about a movie that involves a telephone, a black telephone
1: rotary. Yeah, was it, it was rotary? A rotary. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he actually rotorized any of the numbers on it, but it was a rotary. I missed those. Yeah. It was fun times. (laughs) Spinning numbers around in a circle, so much fun.
0: All you creatures from cyberspace thanks for joining us on another episode of the grave talk podcast my name is mark again joined with garrett just garrett just garrett today <laughs> hey surprise i had to stop and think i'm so used to saying garrett and john uh well yes like garrett said john is out today he had some things to take care of so me and garrett are going to hold this one down uh garrett how are you doing i'm doing great i'm also well What else? uh, Have you seen anything
1: you want to bring up? Any news you want to talk about? Uh, You know what? There's been a lot of news. Terrifier 2 is coming out to theaters and a streaming service called Screambox TV. What? what? What's that? I I don't know. It's a thing that evidently exists where you can send your movies to and they'll put it behind a paywall. No. um, I'm glad they're releasing it in theaters also because I would not subscribe to another service for Terrifier.
0: I think I would be willing to go see that one in theater. Just based on how much I like the last one.
1: Um, And and we know I wasn't a huge Terrifier fan, but I would still like to see what they did after success of the first one. And Art, is that the clown? Yeah. Becoming such a huge horror icon, I'd like to see what they're going to do with part two. So I was a little annoyed when I first heard it was like locked behind screen box. And "And also theaters. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Well, don't Um, forget,
0: it also has the gal from uh, the
1: camp. Boy Camp? Sleepaway Felisa Rose. Camp. Yeah,
0: she's in it, too. Yeah. So. Oh,
1: that's cool. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, no, so Terrifier 2 is coming out. Um, man, there's been a lot of news. Um,
0: Did you see a lot of new trailers in front of the movie we're going to talk about today? Because there was a bunch. Oh, the I didn't, get, I I didn't get
1: hardly. We got a lot of trailers, but they weren't like horror related. Oh, yeah. There was Nope,
0: obviously. We got a new yeah, we got that. a new Nope. There was one for one called Smile, where these didn't people like-
1: Smile. They start smiling really creepily and then murder themselves. I've seen the trailer for it, but that wasn't in front of our yeah. movie. Um, I did pre-order my tickets for Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, Oh, no. uh, Evidently, Final Destination 6 is going to change the entire formula of Final Destination. What? Which... I don't know how I feel about I'm kind of excited to like, okay, how are they going to change the formula? But I'm also like, that's the reason I show up to Final Destination is for the formula.
0: Yeah. Does it go into detail of what they're doing exactly? I didn't
1: go super far into the article, but I did, I did read that. And I think it was on like Bloody Disgusting or something like that. And I was just like, I got a little bit into it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But um, Those no,
0: movies are so dumb. Like the only thing you want to see is just
1: ridiculous mousetrap style kills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? which they may still have, but I'm I, I said, excited, but also... Hmm. Yeah, a little worried. I feel like this should be a reboot. If they're
0: going to change it up, don't call it number six. I agree. Just start
1: over. Agreed. Just start over. Also, Nev Campbell's not coming back to Scream 6. What? Yep. Evidently couldn't come to agreements on the uh, the pay or whatever. Is she too busy doing Twisted Metal, the I TV show? I think she's too <laughs> worth more than what they wanted to pay her probably, but um, well, I she's don't know. Gonna, she's going to
0: be in that Twisted Metal hey, show. Hey,
1: look, if, if John DiMaggio can come back to the Futurama reboot after having you know, negotiation mm. problems. We can we we'll probably get Nev again, maybe. There's probably a good chance of that. Or yeah. you know what? Let's switch up the whole cast. We don't need returning casts anymore. No. You know, like give us a whole new cast of characters. Pass the scream torch. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Pass the shit. Passed it to the left hand side. The duchy. The duchy? Pass Is it the, the duchy, duchy?
0: Nonetheless. Is it the Duchy or duchy? I call it the Duchy. <laughs> There's some <laughs> Dutch person out there that's like, How dare you? How dare you? Well, I uh, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, I think we talked briefly that we may start doing some trailer reactions.
1: Yeah, I was actually interested to see if our audience would want to see that. Let us know on social media. Um, there's been a ton of new horror trailers coming out, and honestly, some of them look pretty rad. And some of them kind of look, I don't know, like the trailers don't really give me a good feel of like what's going to happen or what's going on. So I don't know. How would you guys think about doing some trailer reactions? Would you guys be interested in seeing those like on our YouTube channel? and stuff like that. So let us know. All right. Well, today we're getting into the
0: black phone that came out in 2022. I think it was originally slated for 2021, but it was delayed because of the pandemic, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I know. Actually, I think it was supposed to come out in January. It came out supposed to come out in January, but mm. the uh, the reception was so good. They delayed it till summer. Okay. They made it a summer release. Gotcha. Because so. I remember seeing ads for it like long ass time I ago. I thought it was supposed to come out last year. That may be true. Yeah. But I know the, the new release date was supposed to be January. And then like, People were like reviewing it, like really awesome. They're like, "This is rad." So yeah, no, it, uh,
0: this one has all the buzz right now going on on the on on the online's on the Reddit's. I went and looked around, and the internets, the yeah, interwebs, the worldwide, the web. tubes, them series of tubes, right? All of them. They seem to like this one quite a bit. This was one that you wanted to do, Garrett. And what was it that drawed you to this one more than some of the other newer releases?
1: Um, honestly, the, the what kind of excited me out there was, was the uh, the Scott Derrickson, uh, Ethan Hawke you know, Robert Cargill um, combination again. They did Sinister, and I loved Sinister. I was surprised I loved Sinister as much as I did, but that movie is one of the one of the scarier, badass horror films that I've seen. And hearing they were all getting back together to do some stuff, this kind of had, you know, had my, had my interest peaked. And then seeing the trailer, and I was like, oh, I love a good, like, you know, serial killer abduction type story. And so it just, it, all the pieces kind of seem to add up. And this one was actually, they, they
0: planned on doing this one, but Scott Derrickson was still involved with the uh, Marvel Doctor Strange films at the time, so they put it on the back burner. Well, when he left that project, they jumped straight
1: into this. Oh, I didn't know that he was. this was planned before then. Yeah, I believe oh,
0: okay. uh, from what I read, him and Cargill had already planned on doing it because this, this is based on a short story from Joe Hill. Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son. Which I didn't know until just before we started recording. That's L- crazy. Look up a picture of Joe Hill right now. Does he look just like his dad? He's a fucking spitting image, dude. You're going to be like, oh, yes, you're definitely Stephen King Jr.
1: <laughs> Joe Hill. You, do you think he changed his name to not have the like ride the coattails Who thing? knows, man? Oh, yeah. yeah. God, he looks just like him. Yeah, there's no mistaking this man. Holy crap. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> but Joe Hill's been around for a little bit now. Like I said, this is a short story from 2004. Uh, he's been involved in that Nosferatu show, lock and key, I believe okay. on uh,
1: Netflix, which is based off a comic book,
0: mm-hmm. which I meant to
1: read, but I never got in the to. tall grass. I know he did that. And that was on right. Netflix. That was actually really good. I enjoyed that.
0: Right. He wrote the, the screenplay or something for that movie horns with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, okay. which I never got around to seeing, but it looked interesting.
1: I saw it. I wasn't a huge fan. No, no, it wasn't mm. bad. I just wasn't a huge fan. Gotcha. Okay. Didn't grab me. Right. So. I uh, got out to the theater to th- see this
0: one. I think this is the first time in the theater since Ghostbusters Afterlife for me. Really? Yeah, it's been a mo- it's been oh, a minute. Man. I've been hitting the theater up quite a bit. And did you go with anybody or did you just go alone?
1: Uh, I went with a roommate. She was interested in seeing it, and um, she enjoyed it. Uh, uh, she said that she thought this was almost a perfect movie. Mm. She said she couldn't think of a single thing to criticize about this film. Wow. And I, and I kind of walked and I was like, Really? And she was like, Yeah. She's like, I really can't think of anything I didn't like on it. And I was like, That's high praise. That's very high praise. And, but she's also what I would call more of a, um, not fair weather in a bad way, but just kind of your, you know, your dip your toes in the waters of the horror genre. She's not super steeped in it. So the fact that she found this movie so accessible and so enjoyable, I think will say a lot about the general audience who might go see this. You know, this might resonate more with that type of audience than the Terrifier community, perhaps.
0: Right. I think you're onto something there. The group of people I went with, two of them have been guest hosts on this show before.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, laughed
0: through the entire thing. Okay. And uh, Emma, who was here a couple of episodes ago, actually said this is one of the worst movies she's ever seen. Really? Yeah, she, oh. gave, it a, she gave it a two out of 10. Uh, basically. So I don't, I don't want to speak for her too much on her opinion. I don't no, speak butcher for her. No, there's the last thing I want to do. Speak for a woman. Look. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, another part of it, uh, uh, has to do with what you said is that this may be a very good introductory horror because a lot of it wasn't as scary as I expected. I think my expectations were a lot higher for something really out there and creepy with this really okay didn't get that
1: see i didn't think that it was going to be more of that i thought it was gonna be more psychological thriller which is interesting that you know that seems more like up emma's alley you know and it's interesting that that kind of you know played out that way yeah i was hoping for more of a supernatural element to it to be perfectly honest but i didn't get that from the trailer i actually
0: didn't know exactly how that was going to pan out yeah the, the supernatural part of it Um, but I think because this was a story based on child abduction, I expected it to be a lot darker than it ended up being. I mean, yes, it's stuff is hinted at and they talk about all these kids that were killed. But think about like, there was really only one truly gory scene in the whole movie involving that axe.
1: Uh, The axe. There's
0: some fighting. There's a lot of like some heavy duty playground fighting. Yeah.
1: But other than that, like. I mean, there's some special effects, some FXX or some FX. Is it SFX? <laughs> I don't know. There's some special effects right. on the kids that um, definitely are kind of like, whoa. Mm. All right. Uh, we'll talk about one of the big jump scares later on with that. Um, right. Accompanied with the sound sting. Boom, yes. Oh, you, know? you got to have the giant sound sting. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. It wasn't a super gory movie. Again, why I consider this more of a psychological mm. horror movie than, maybe not psychological, but more, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: I think it's just a straight up thriller. Yeah,
1: thriller horror. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like this would fall in the same line as uh, Silence of the Lambs for me.
0: Right. And pff, it was brought up that the ending is very similar to oh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah.
1: I actually kind of figured out that ending. I want to say maybe like two thirds of the way through the movie. I mm-hmm. didn't call it exactly, but I was like, they're not in the location that they think they are. I was like, this is someplace else. Right. And I thought it was going to be more like, Maybe it's at the dad's house and he's so drunk he doesn't realize it, you know. Like, but no, I was, and, and then I was like, no, no, that's too dumb. Like, there's no way. <laughs> and um,
0: I think uh, uh, one of the other criticisms was that it might have been just a little too simplistic.
1: That was one of my, um, I wouldn't call it criticisms, but that was one of my expectations. I was expecting a little bit more of a turn, mm-hmm. either with the uh, the grabber. Something more, you know, like, oh, he's possessed or, oh, he had this thing that kind of made him, you know, like I expected something more either from the grabber aspect of it or something more from the dream aspect uh, with the the daughter. Which they just leave on the
0: table and walk away at the end. Like we don't get enough. Well, they do
1: explain it quite a bit between the conversation between her and her dad and the mother. And that was a whole story. It was all like your mom started, you know, mom was seeing things and hearing things. So she started doing really bad things. And I was like, go on, like explain more of this. Right. Like, no, that,
0: that's what I'm saying. They left like, it on the table like that. I wanted more. And
1: who of knows how much was deleted from the movie and how much was pulled back. But um, and again, I'm not saying I had to have that to make right. this enjoyable. But there was a few moments where I was like, where, where's the meat? You know, like I want a little bit more to this plot line yeah. or this, you know, subplot. Or
0: show us more than tell us. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, th- well, I kind
1: of liked the telling. I, I love a good, like creepy exposition where you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, tell me about this horrific thing that happened in your childhood, grandpa, you know, like, cause it's like when well, it was me and Tommy and Tommy face, he started eating the neighborhood kids and you're like, what? Oh shit. Tommy, you crazy <laughs> motherfucker. They hinted at this stuff. And then I was like, I was hungry for more and I didn't quite get enough supernatural or horror gore to really satiate that hunger. Right. But it didn't really distract from my overall enjoyment of it. Let, I will say that I think
0: this is a good one to watch on a streaming service. Really? I would probably put it in, like, I'd give it like a five or six out of ten. Like I, in, I was entertained enough to get through the end of it, and I wanted to see how it ended. I don't think it was necessarily a successful horror movie, at least not for people who watch a lot of the stuff like us.
1: Again, I think it's, again, we're talking about different mm. levels of how deep do you swim in this pool, Right. Um, but I which happens s- a lot with people who just get more, like, I've, you know, I've had girlfriends and friends who are just like, oh, that's just a shitty horror movie because it's not like Human Centipede or Serbian film or, you know, like some like shit that I'm all like, God damn, I can't handle this, you know, like. <laughs> Maybe
0: don't compare this to every other
1: thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Right. But. but it, like it, you, you you might. would you how would you compare this to it?
0: Well. You, uh, you we, we know that it's probably more in line with his father's work because it's about someone abducting kids. Yes. Kids are dying mm-hmm. and the adults are ultimately useless at solving <laughs> crime. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of similarities there. Now, one of the things that you don't know about unless you've read the short story, which I did before I came over.
1: I did not because the, I'm illiterate. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I've someday read.
0: you'll learn to read.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: originally, instead of a magician, the grabber pretends to be a clown.
1: Okay, so one of my notes is getting real big Arthur Joker vibes from this dude. Or John Wayne Gacy. Yes, very
0: Gacy. Yeah, but think also, who's his dad? His dad wrote It. He Mm -hmm. made him into a
1: clown. Well, I mean, the girl's riding with a yellow trench coat, just like Georgie in the Rain black, balloons, black instead balloons, balloons instead of red balloons. Yeah. I mean, are we saying Joe Hill's a hack? Is that what you're trying to say? I think he ripped off his dad. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I I see what you're saying. And um, maybe that's all homage. Maybe that's all nods to it.
0: Yeah, it's not It's not a one for one. It, it, there are similarities, though.
1: I was a little annoyed, though, that his van said abracadabra. He pretends to be a magician, you know, or he says he's a magician. And when he abducts his first kid, he's like, do you want to see a magic trick? And I was like, if he puts a pencil to this kid's eye, (laughs) golden. Um, Uh, You (laughs) want to see how I got these scars? (laughs) (laughs) But no, like I was expecting the whole magic aspect to be a little bit more of his shtick.
0: There wasn't a lot of payoff on that at all.
1: Yeah. Can we agree though that like the grabber, I don't want to say wasn't well defined because you really get a feel for his care, but like, I don't know. I, I don't think you good feel of like why or what. No, His motivations don't. were other than the fact that this is just something he does. Right. They
0: don't tell us a lot. Um, and maybe we just should maybe do some of the uh, upfront stuff before we get too yes, deep into yeah,
1: it. Please. We're already pretty deep, but yeah. let's go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> so
0: let's, yeah, let's get all the info out of the way. Um, so again, 2021, the black phone, this one stars Mason Thames is Finney. Madeline McGraw is Gwen. Ethan Hawke is the grabber. Jeremy Davies as Terrence. Who's Terrence? Oh, that's the dad. Mm-hmm. E. Roger Mitchell as Detective Wright. Troy Rudisil as Detective Miller. James Ransone as Max. Miguel Casares Mora as Robin. Rebecca Clark as Donna. And I don't know if I really need to read
1: every single so kid's So glad name. to see James Ransone back yeah. in this. I, I mean, I love every time he's in anything, and I was so glad to see him pop back up in this. And I was like, sweet.
0: Yeah, it was good seeing him. Uh, budget of a sixteen to eighteen million. So far, oh, wait. The, let me let me guess. Opening weekend, um, seventy two. Well, it's at seventy six point seven worldwide right
1: now. Oh, okay then. Okay, lower so, than that. It's doing pretty good though. That is dude, that's a hell of a. I mean, what is it? You have to like almost double, right, for your marketing. Yeah. So it's already passed that. Oh yeah. So they and made money, so. financial success, and again, Bloomhouse, motherfuckers either just nail it out of the park or at least get on base, right. Have they have they struck out on anything that I can think of? There has to be some strikeouts. There's probably a few. Yeah. But oh, can we talk about the new Bloomhouse intro? Oh, do you want to get through the, the information first? Because <laughs> I'm just stoked. I'm Go just,
0: ahead and tell us about the Bloomhouse intro. They got a
1: new Bloomhouse intro, ladies and gentlemen. Um mm-hmm. no more of the like room with shit just floating around like
0: spinning chair in the middle. Yeah.
1: Like you actually kind of like start from outside and you work your way through this house and you see a lot of snippets and visuals from their previous franchises and stuff like that. Um, loved it. I loved this new Bloomhouse intro. It seemed less um, cheesy. It seemed a lot more atmospheric and I kind of, I, I like the fact that it set the tone of
0: like, ooh, this is going to be creepy. There's a Mike Myers in that. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Five out of five. <laughs> five out of five. Okay. I like <laughs> We're rating it. intros now. Yeah. Uh, on the Rotten Tomatoes, we've had a 83% with the critics out of 201
1: and an 89% with the audience. Wow. 2,500 plus reviews. I'm surprised it's so high with the audience. Just because of the part the term simplicity of the story, mm-hmm. I figured there'd be more horror fans that would be annoyed with this.
0: It seems to be reaching out to the people who don't dive well, I, I can't speak for everybody, but just from the word of mouth reviews of people that I've talked to have seen it, it seems to be maybe this is an entry point for people that don't do a lot of horror movie viewing. Okay. So can't fault it there. If it's getting more There's people a into the genre. There's clearly a market for it, you yeah. know? I just hope they don't do a sequel. I don't think it needs a sequel.
1: Black Phone 2, answer the call. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs>
0: it better be a cell phone. Oh you wow! Know? And I'm talking like old style phone, like early days of the cell phone, like Marcus. Zach Morris style <laughs> cell phone. Yeah, one of those. Time out. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, I would recommend it to a degree. Um, I, like I said, I was entertained throughout of it. I, I think it fails here and there, and it leaves some things on the table that I needed more from it.
1: You said you said streaming movie, but would you recommend this for like a date movie or something that like people who aren't looking for like massive sure. blood and gore, like like yo, go to the
0: theater and check this film out. I would say so. If you know, if you if you're gonna go see something with someone that isn't into the genre as much as we are, then yeah, why not? Okay. Sure. Right. It was compared to Goosebumps in a lot okay. of ways when for some of the people that were went to see it with me. So I can see that correlation as well. You know, it feels like it could be like an episode on are you afraid of the dark or something like that? Maybe a little bit more ratcheted up for adults, but
1: who's the guy from unsolved mysteries? I would love to be like Robert Stack and Robert Stack. He's, and the killer still alive. <laughs> I've, I, I'd shit myself. If the end of that movie, the unsolved mysteries theme theme played, cause that theme always gets you. Oh, it's the greatest scene. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, there was a line. I even referenced that when I walked out of the theater, because a big part of this movie is that the police are following leads that this little girl is having in her dreams. Mm-hmm. I was like, if you or anyone you know has been having dreams, please call one eight seven seven and report them now. You know, this is like, it's, it's a little insane. Like the links, these cops are going on Honestly, dreams. Though, like
1: I thought they did a good job of setting it up. Let's, let's get to the plot because okay. I thought that actually as irrational as that concept is. I thought the movie did a good job of setting it up though
0: setting it up but it expects you to accept it and move on like don't have any questions about this okay but yeah let me look if a kid calls us and tells us to get our pitchforks
1: because there's a killer down the street we're gonna go
0: After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, the 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. That's simple and to the point. Much like the plot. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this one does start out with a baseball game. Uh, we're going to be introduced to Vinny. He's our main Finny. character.
1: Finny. Correct. Finny with an F. Because I couldn't tell yeah. they were saying Vinny or Benny. Or Finney for, like, at least the first, like, quarter of the movie. I was like, what the fuck is this kid's name?
0: So he's playing a ball game against uh, a kid named Bruce. He's Bruce. Like, he's on – he's on ba- – no, he's not on a base. He's on the, the
1: mound. Mm-hmm. Finney's pitching um, to Bruce, and Bruce is uh, – swinging. He's yeah. batting.
0: It looks like he's going to get struck out, but then old Bruce, he hits a home run off Finney.
1: He catches that off then and and us going, 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 gone, man. ladies and gentlemen. As they walk off the field, they go, good game, good game.
0: And Bruce gives him some encouragement. Like, you almost had me there. Because
1: well, he could see that Finney was taking it real hard. Right. And then he was like, hey man, you almost got me there. You know, you got a, a golden arm or something like that. He says something unique that the way it's said, God, I would now. I wish I could remember that <laughs> phrase. I don't know. Can we also admit though? But like Bruce gets kidnapped pretty soon. Bruce is the oh, first that's one the next seen scene, basically
0: yeah. after the game. He's riding his bicycle down the street. Some girls are like,
1: oh hi Bruce, and he's just like ladies. He's like still got it. <laughs> yep. And then he gets boom straight up abducted by you see a, abracadabra magician. A black van pulls in front of him and it fades out. Mm-hmm. Now can we also admit in Stephen King properties? Kids playing baseball are just getting the shaft. Dr. Sleep, baseball boy, gets it. Yeah. (laughs) Bruce gets it. Basically, the moral of the story is don't play baseball. Play basketball. It's better sport.
0: It's time to walk away from America's (laughs) favorite favorite pastime. Abducting
1: kids. (laughs) (laughs) That might be too dark for the podcast.
0: (laughs) Let's not make that a thing. So after after Bruce gets abducted, you start seeing posters, and everybody's kind of like, oh, no, Bruce is the next victim. And you find out that several kids have gone missing prior to Bruce.
1: Yeah, because we're walking with Finney- Well, we actually open up um, in the house. It's the dad and Finney and um, the daughter. What's her name? Gwen? Gwen. Gwen are making noise, and the dad's just like having none of it. Like, he's your typical asshole. You know, like, keep the fucking noise down. Quit slurping your cereal. Like, he's just being a little bit unreasonable for kids. He's that stereotypical
0: drunk father. Drunk single father. If you you cross him wrong, he's going to beat you. Kind of, like, real piece of shit. Mm -hmm. You've seen this character type before. Yep. This this actually was added from the... It wasn't in the short story at all. Oh, really? So this is part of Fleshed Out. I think the father stuff's a little weak, to be honest.
1: I don't know if it added much except to show that these kids... Oh, yeah, I don't really know. It, did, was the was the
0: mom having powers in the, the short story? No, the mother's alive in the short story.
1: Oh, okay. Then this might, I mean, I don't know. Then I kind of liked the whole, like, if the dad had to be added just to have that like, that scene where they your mom also saw visions in her dreams, and they told her to do things, and she started doing terrible things, and then eventually she killed herself. Like, honestly, if you had to add the dad to put that whole backstory in there, I'm glad they did. That added a whole level of creep that I was like, whoa, this is like some shining level shit. And that's what I thought. I thought, not knowing that there was a connection between Joe Hill and (laughs) fucking Stephen (laughs) King, I'm like, does this kid have the shining? That's rad. Well, why don't you describe what she has? She's got something. So she dreams and her dreams can oftentimes mimic reality. So she'll dream like almost precognition. Um, She'll have dreams and then her dreams come true. And there's a scene later on where the cops are questioning her. Like, So, so Bruce gets abducted, mm-hmm. and um, they're like, oh, Mrs. Yamato's putting new posters out. And then we cut to Robbie, who's uh, the new Mexican kid in class, what they call him. And uh, he's fighting the, the, the local bully. And Robbie is beating the shit out of this bully. I mean, he like roundhouse kicks his kid in the face. Yeah, and then <laughs> goes to the ground and just starts, Bam bam, bam. And then Finney's like, let's go. We don't want to see this. And Gwen's like, why not? This kid's about to get bloodied.
0: And she's like, this guy's a piece of shit. He <laughs> deserves it. And he's like, no one deserves she'd that. Be, she'd be like at the Gladiator Stadium, like thumbs down, like, get him. I mean, this is not your normal like playground fight. This no. is on top of beating him senseless. It was the
1: late 70s. Times were different back then. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you, every kid seems to have a fucking switchblade. Evidently it was the fucking <laughs> Wild West back then.
0: What is this little tiny town's crime rate with teens, man. It must be just younger than teens, right? The juvenile hall must be just
1: packed (laughs) every week. The kids run the city. This is children of the corn, but (laughs) but with a municipality.
0: I'd believe it. There's no like good adult in this whole fucking movie. They
1: Uh, all suck. Not even the detectives who are just like, ah, what are we supposed to do, kid? You tell us (laughs) what to do. (laughs) Literally tell me how to do my job, little girl. (laughs) Um, So they watched uh, Robbie beat the hell out of this kid and um, they go to school and and there's a whole scene where Finney and Robbie have an interaction with some bullies, and you realize Robbie's kind of watching out for Finney. And you're like, okay, cool. There's some weird kind of like we're both kind of underdog loser connection. Yeah. And then fin- Finney's very quiet, he's very yeah.
0: reserved. And he's definitely the butt of jokes, which is kind of strange, like watching that opening baseball scene. Mm -hmm. I didn't think the the main pitcher of the sports team would be picked on in this way.
1: Yeah. But that's just kind of like, I love that juxtaposition of Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, behind the scenes, this kid's, you know, dealing with some shit.
0: But Robbie's kind of like become his protector. He's like, if any of you touch Finney again, it's your ass. You deal with
1: me. Yeah. yeah. And you could tell he kind of just did that as a like, I can see what I go through in you. and And question for you now. How do you think the kids
0: did at the acting? I think Robbie was the weakest of the bunch.
1: I thought Robbie overacted a little bit, but I thought the kids' actors as a whole did a fantastic job. I got I, I got to admit, we have been getting – I watched a movie called Where the Scary Things Are or something like that recently – about like this classification of their own urban legends and they create this tar monster thing. It's crazy. Where I'll talk about scary it later.
0: Things are? It's
1: something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later. That had some so, so child acting, but they were like, they were like teens, like mid to early, you know, mm-hmm. mid to late teens. I will, I will say this with child actors, we've been getting really lucky. We've had some really good kid actors, you know, in a lot of these movies lately.
0: I think overall, I thought they did fine. Um, I think that some of the dialogue may m- not have made sense for the seventies.
1: I think maybe you know? some of it did, but I mean, I, I guess it's we—it's things we didn't really hear a lot, so maybe it's just more jarring to us because we didn't hear them as commonly. Well, for instance, Gwen, the one with the dreams, uh, just comes out
0: and calls the cops "fucking cock knockers" okay, or we'll, "fart
1: knockers." We'll get to that. <laughs> fucking, she's like going off on. It. She starts cussing. Like, I at don't him. know if they use those phrases in the seventies. Yeah, maybe, but what real quick about a line early as they're walking to school before they see the fight finny goes like oh man mrs yamada put up new posters for bruce you know mm-hmm. and he looks over at gwen and she's like kind of like looking down and he's like what what and he's, she's like, the grabber got him, and they're having a conversation. And he's like, you don't think they're going to find him? And he goes, she goes, they're not going to find him the, the way they want to. And right. I was like, what the fuck? That was the creepiest thing that to hear kids say. I was like, whoa. That thing like, gave me chills in the theater. I was like, ugh. That was a good
0: line. I did enjoy that. But you can get the sense that Finney... Is very afraid of this whole situation. Like, he well, doesn't yeah. even want to say the name, almost like it's Bloody Mary, you yes. know? And she's like, Oh, you too afraid to say the grabber? Come well, on, I say think, it. I say think it, she it, says say that to
1: the degree of, like, What do you think you say it? You're going to get caught next, you know? Right. And he's like, Just drop it. And she's like, Okay. You know, kid urban legend stuff, you sure. know? Sure. But um, yeah, so they're at the school and that whole happens. And then uh, Gwen gets called to the office. She goes to the, op- the principal's office mm-hmm. and uh, there's two cops there and they're like, Hey, we heard you talking about. The missing kid, Bruce. Do you know who he is? She's like, well, yeah, he's the missing kid. And she's like, uh, they're like... And then one of the cops is super impatient. He's just like, tell us about the black balloons! And the other's like, okay, hold on, hold on. You had mentioned some black balloons. We never released that detail. How do you know about those? And she's like, uh... I saw it in a dream. And then the cop's like, don't tell us about your dreams. Tell us about the case. What do you know? And she's like, look, you fucking fart knocker. Like, I'm doing your fucking job for you. And it's like, yo, calm down, my little girl. I love the part where she's like,
0: "Okay, you got me. I kidnapped Bruce. what do you think? I'm the fucking grabber? (laughs) Like,
1: really? Oh, congratulations. And I'm nuts. And I was just like,
0: yeah, get him. This movie had a lot of intentional or unintentional comedy in it. That, That was unexpected. I would say intentional. I would say intentional. Because that's... I think you some had, of it, but when, okay. So for instance, some of
1: it, yes. But like, I think, you know, like the stuff like that, that was intentional.
0: Like the whole Gwen believing it's Jesus who's giving her the dream stuff. Like, I don't know if all of that was intentional in the fact, like, yeah, like she, I said, the she cops, literally,
1: are, she goes out to pray and says like, okay, Jesus, what the fuck?
0: Right. I later mean, on. But when it starts, okay. Like I was just like, okay they think we're supposed to believe that Jesus has given her the dreams and the
1: cops are going to sit here and listen to this kid for tips. The cops thing. I did find a little far fetched, except for the fact that she did know a detail that was not released to anyone. And as a cop, you're like, how the fuck does she know about this? Unless she saw something, but, but the, the way they, the, the, the way, way they, the one cop approaches her like, tell us what you know, we'll take you downtown. And it's like, this kid's like six, bro. You got to chill. Book him, Dano. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then the other cops like, you know, he's like, Hey, if you, Think of anything else, you hear anything, please let us know. You know, like, okay, this, there might be something here, but we got really nothing. Let's leave.
0: I just think if you, like, again, I know this is a movie, but it's a little absurd to think that a police force would be taking all of their, like, action based on something a child's dream.
1: Well, and they didn't, though. They were just asking what she knew at this point. At this point. But later on, though, the yes. Movie, later on, she's like, m- meet me at 7743 or whatever <laughs> it is. And they're like, we're right there. So, and I seen it.
0: I got the number. <laughs> and then the whole fucking police force shows up to the house. <laughs> police squad. <laughs> it, a little bit of that as like I can see why people definitely. it. Honestly, that that's,
1: that's one of my few moments of like criticism of this movie. I was like, oh, everyone's just going to show up because a kid says, hey, I found the killer. Meet me here. Like, right. Someone's going to be like, "All right, I'll go check it out, and I'll give you guys a call." Yeah,
0: so a little stuff like that. But anyway,
1: so at this point, like, um, they're the kids are heading home, and and evidently Gwen's like, you know, like, "Hey, it's Friday, I stay over at so and so's house on Friday night," and he's like, "Okay," Finney's like, "Okay, I'll watch Dad because Dad's a full-on drunk." And you get to the house and Finney sees his dad passed out with beer bottles in his hand and, you know, there's liquor everywhere. So he's like, "Okay, I'll watch our drunk father. And I did like
0: seeing Jeremy Davies again. He's the one that played the dad. He was in Lost. And
1: I don't think I've seen him since. We were were talking about that. Me and the room were talking about that. And she was telling me stuff and stuff. He's like he also played uh, Manson and Helter Skelter from 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in uh, Gotham. And some other shit and things like that. So, but yeah, so he's passed out. And so uh, Finney was watching a horror movie, which he, which I loved because this kid's not really supposed to be watching horror films. So when he is, he's getting really freaked out in the house by himself. I like that because that was me. That did, was me as a kid.
0: Did you recognize the movie? We were trying to. I figure think it's that a fake out. movie. You think it was fake? I think it's
1: fake because the thing is the the hand was like coming out of the tub like bloody style. It was a that black was, like, and an white.
0: It. it was a black and white movie where every, all, the the blood all the blood was red. was
1: red. And I thought that was an it thing. The the tub and the faucet's yeah. filled with blood and stuff like that. I thought that was an, a nod to it.
0: That definitely could be.
1: So and now that I know that Joel Hills yeah. played Stephen King. Um, Makes more sense. Yeah. um, So he's watching this. He's getting really freaked out eating ice cream. And I was just like, I was going like, I feel you, dude. I've been there. (laughs) Um, So he goes to bed. Cut to the next morning, he comes out of the room. And Gwen is getting beat with a belt. Like, trigger warning, if you don't want to see a kid getting beat the fuck up. Like, he is just, the dad is laying into Gwen. And he's like, the cops called me at my work. What did you tell them? What did you tell them? Stop talking about your dreams. And it's just like. And she holds up the bottle of booze and she's like, I'll drop this if you hit me again. And he's like, you wouldn't dare. And like flinches her and she drops it. And then she gets beat more. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like.
0: Yeah, it's, it was, it went on a little too long and it was a little too intense. And this is again, where I think that like the father's part is a little weakly written. We don't get a lot of resolution with this struggle. You know, like it's at the end, it's just like, here, I'm going to hug you. I'm glad you're here. And that's it.
1: Well, I think what it is, is he is taking out. Cause his wife killed him. Like evidently he loved his wife and he loved his kids, but his wife was crazy quote unquote shining. And it's gotta be the shining. They've gotta be referring to the shining cause the mom can sense things. Her dreams come true just like the fucking shining. It's passed down from daughter to son. I'm calling it. This is a reference to the shining. I mean, it, it sounds just like it. Okay. Sure. And so, um, but the thing is he has that like lo- that conversation with Gwen and we'll just talk about it now and we'll get it out later on. We'll say what happened. He has like, Gwen comes in and it's like after um, Finney gets abducted by the grabber. Mm. Um, Which is coming up. Yes. And so like Gwen's like, you know, like dad, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah, sure. What's up? She's like, I know you don't want to talk about my dreams, but what if my dreams can help us find Finny? you know, like I'm seeing stuff and he's like, he breaks it down. He's like, look, your mom, you know, started seeing things, doing bad things. And then she eventually killed herself. And I don't want the same thing for you. Well, she, he specifically says that she listened to the voices and they told her to kill herself. Well, she did, he said first she said she did terrible things, and then he she listened right. to the voice and told her to kill herself. So this is kind of where I was at with this, but like, I need to know more
0: about what this supernatural element yeah, is. I didn't think he wanted his daughter
1: killing himself, and I thought he was struggling with that.
0: Daughter thinks it's Jesus. Mother killed herself because of voices. Those two are not resolved. It's a little too ambiguous. No, I think the dad's not in any position to do that. No, though. I know he's not. But as we should have gotten more as the audience.
1: It's not Jesus though. Like I think she's just right. as a kid. You know, you still believe it. Well, even some adults, but I guess a lot of adults. But you know, like you know, like as a kid, you you could probably put those two and two together.
0: Yeah, and, and this differs wildly from the short story because in the story, Gwen is actually into tarot cards and stuff like that. Oh. has nothing to do with religion. The so. occult. Right. <gasps> exactly. Do, do, do do, 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 Put the Unsolved Mysteries theme there. She also doesn't even dream in the story. Oh. And there's only one dead kid, Bruce. What? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: they've changed quite a some bit. Real, but some real... I guess real? to flesh it out, you know.
1: I'm glad they did, though, because these kids had The Shining. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a—it's got to be a reference to The Shining. I'm going to go on IODB and update the trivia. I'm just saying, Dr. Shining, that's what Doctor Shining. Doctor Ooh, Doctor Shyvago, The Shining <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I don't think the dad needs a whole lot of res. I mean, I see what you're saying. It wasn't fleshed out fully, but I think more of it is—is is he's fucked by his wife's like crazy episode that caused her to kill herself. His daughter's got the same stuff. I'm sure he's terrified that his daughter's going to do the same terrible things and then kill herself. So he doesn't want that, but he's also not in a position to deal with it. I think he's just lashing out at this situation that he can't control and is terrified of now, granted, but that doesn't resolve, resolve him. No, of his no, behavior. It does not. It does not yeah. hey, come anywhere close And at the end. He's like, forgive me. The kids don't like, say, okay, they kind of look at each other and like, they like lean on each other. Like we've only can depend on each other. Like, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of nice that they didn't like, oh, you're forgiven. But at the same time, like, you're Social right. Social
0: services should have been called.
1: Yes. They should go stay at the Outlook Hotel or the Overlook Hotel. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> so
1: um, so anyway, back to school. Robbie has now been kidnapped. Robbie Finney's g- defender. Yes. Robbie gets kidnapped. And we cut immediately to the bullies beating the shit out of Finney now that Robbie's gone. And, and it is a
0: beating. Oh, yeah. Three and, three bigger kids just kicking him while he's on the ground, yeah.
1: hitting him in the face. Gwen runs up with a rock and pelts a dude in the head and cracks his head open. That gets bleeding everywhere.
0: <laughs> he is so in shock or in such a concussed state. He just goes <laughs> and sits down.
1: Well, and then and then the kid like fucking suplexes Gwen to the ground and then starts kicking her in the face. And then she goes and sits next to the kid who got hit in the rock, like, okay, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> like we're in timeout now.
0: <laughs> no, it's like the wall after dodgeball. If you get hit with the ball, you gotta go line up against the wall. <laughs> Except it's like full
1: on. <laughs> (laughs) blood and concussions right um but he gets up and he goes to school after that you know like they go and go through their day which i thought was Mm -hmm. rather valiant of them you know
0: right and there's a mild storyline here that i think finney likes this girl in chemistry class yeah um and she's like it sucks they did that to you everybody's talking about it he's like dude what it's like we know you got your ass beat
1: kid (laughs) the whole school knows yeah yeah so but she she notices him though and he's kind of like, yeah. oh man, it sucks that I'm noticing under these terms. But yeah, he's finally getting the attention from this girl he likes. And still then still the very, day very nervous about it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Then the day ends, and uh, it's Friday night, and uh,
0: sister's gonna go to a sleepover. She seems to do this every Friday. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's walking home, and as he's going down the street, a
1: black van is parked, and out walks a figure carrying some groceries. A gentleman in a black kind of outfit with a red turtleneck, and his face painted white. Yeah, long scraggly hair. He's starts doing his little best clown impression. Seriously, it was so <laughs> Arthur from the Joker at times. It was like, hello, you know, was just like what? I was yeah. like, okay, I, I, I don't know what I
0: think of Ethan Hawke's performance overall.
1: Okay, I was gonna actually ask about that in a couple lines down Aye, on my notes, yeah,
0: but let's get to it. Let's let's get him. Let's get Finny abducted, so, shall we?
1: Bam! Finny's abducted. <laughs> Done. You ask and you shall receive. Right?
0: He's like, "Oh, silly me! Look at my eggs. I <laughs> broke everything. Can you hand me
1: my hat?" Well, then he goes, "Do you want to see a magic trick?" Right? And then like I was like, "Okay," <laughs> I was like, like, "What are we doing?" But he doesn't. He goes like the kid goes, "Are those black balloons?" And he goes, "Yes, they are." And then he like. Gasses him with like a little like canister or something like, like that.
0: Sprays him in the mouth like it's uh yeah freaking underarm deodorant <laughs> or something. I don't know. It was weird. S- spray paint. S- yeah. Go forth all shiny and chrome. And he kind of like wraps
1: him in the balloons and just gets him into the van. Yeah. To kind of cover up the struggle. Like he uses the balloons to mm-hmm. kind of cover the struggle of him adopting the kids, which I thought was a clever little like thing. Like a sure. clever little visual that the the writers put into the thing. Like oh that's cool. He planned on how to kind of cover his track. He's just fumbling with balloons. You can't see the kid being right. struggle. And but I wonder Finney takes his little rocket ship, his little NASA rocket ship, and cuts the shit out of this dude's arm. Right.
0: Finney, uh, some of the backstory added for Finney is that he's big into rockets. We He goes to the baseball field and shoots off his homemade rocket. He's got a little flashlight pin that is uh, apparently sharp enough to cut through uh, Ethan Hawk's arm.
1: Yeah, this thing. I mean,
0: back in the day, they had lawn darts, yeah, so uh, yeah. everything was a weapon. I'm sure it was metal. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Transformers <laughs> that we had. Uh, they wouldn't dare do that anymore. But So, yeah, he's been kidnapped, and then he wakes up in this basement room that's just a mattress in an old phone on the wall. Yes. And when he comes to, Ethan Hawk the grabber, is there talking to him, right? With the mask on. Right, which I saw Tom Savini's name
1: in the credits. He's the one that did the mask. Yeah. These masks are great. Okay. Something I have like, a note that says, finally, we have some good masks in horror movies again. Right. It was very interesting to
0: see the duality masks. So he's got one that's like a devil smiling, and then he's got
1: one that's What's, frowning. It's two parts. It's right. a top part that goes over his eyes and his nose, and then a bottom part that goes over his mouth. And the bottom part's interchangeable. Because the first time we gotcha. see him, at the, the first time he's talking to Finney, there's right. no mouth at all. It's expressionless. Right. It's completely just yeah, like, a, right. I just covered my mouth as I'm trying to talk into the mic, but it's like a completely blank, like long chin thing. And he's like, the grabbers like, I ought to choke you to death for what you did to my arm.
0: Yeah. It's so bloody. It's like a murder happened and yeah. it's like, okay. And he's like, ah, but we'll call it even. And then he just like leaves. Right. Well, yeah. He
1: says something to like, like I'll go get you a soda. I bet you'd like a soda. I'll be back. And again, he's got an expressionless bottom half of the mask on. Because at this point, I I took that as he doesn't know how to feel about this kid. Like, he doesn't want to give this kid a positive or negative experience. This is just setting the tone. Like, this is just setting the norm. And I was like, interesting. But yeah, later on, he comes back with a, a frowny face or a smiley face, a very creepy frowny yeah. and smiley face. But he wears them at different times. Again, why I was so kind of like a little bit frustrated, I didn't get more information about... Him. The grabber, because I was like, why is this? Like, why does he care about the tone, the face? You know, like, again, mm-hmm. I, g- I could get into that, but I'll let it, some of it go.
0: There's a lot of that. But I think for me, what it comes down to is I just didn't find Ethan Hawke to be
1: very intimidating as this villain. I don't think he was supposed to be intimidating. I think the fear of the situation is what was supposed to be intimidating. But then when they show him in the chair later on, sitting by the door... Like that fucking creepy, like when he's shirtless and stuff like that. It was like, that was really intimidating. But it, the the mask itself was probably generating yes. the majority of that. I think so, too. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's like John Wayne Gacy style. Like, you know, just seem like a normal dude. Yeah. Normal dude. But again, he did some stuff that it was like, he's trying to be menacing. But again, you know. It just didn't
0: come off that way to me. Okay. It, it, it wasn't enough. Like I needed more manic or I needed more like creepy. It you know. seemed
1: to me like he was playing a game. And later on, they said, you have to play the game. Naughty boy, which right was like, I was like, hmm, okay. When they said that, I was like, oh, he's got a whole process. He's got a whole thing he has to do, and we didn't get much of that. Mm-hmm. And that was what kind of like frustrated me as like someone who wants more detail. I was all like, yeah, what is this game about? What does Finny have to do? What does this have to not do? And there's some of that, but not. I, I wanted more of that part of it. I wanted to understand either the game, the grabber, or. The stakes, the yeah, the end goal of (laughs) you know, like his his like you know do or die type thing,
0: right? So uh, the room itself is a very large basement. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the size of the house, honestly. Yeah, generally, and in like there's like a little hallway, and there's a window that has like a bolted on metal uh, grate grate that you can't get through. And around the corner there's a toilet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, this room
1: is huge. Some rolled up carpet. Yeah, you know, and he just finds himself like. Kind of beside himself. There's a mattress bolted to the floor mm-hmm. and a phone on the wall. Yeah. Uh,
0: and the first thing he does is he goes and tries the phone and uh, it, it's unplugged. And then the grabber comes back in and says something of That's been disconnected since I was a kid.
1: It still rings, but I think that's because the static electricity that builds up down here. Right. And later on, one of the kids says he hears it, but he doesn't want to believe it. Right. And I was like, "What is that about?" Like, I'm like, "Yes, this dude has dealt with something that's made him the grabber." What is this? So, and are we to believe
0: this is his childhood home, and that the grabber spent his days in this basement?
1: Maybe I think that something. Or he's has, just he fucking with the kid. Because well, when he said, "When I was down here," or something like that, mm-hmm. like I think he has a line where he's like, "When I was when I had to deal with this," like I take this as someone who got abused or messed with in this basement, and he's paying it forward. I wonder.
0: I wonder, because we find out later who's upstairs, and he's not a grabber. Yeah, but so he no, also no. didn't live there, though, remember? He said, I'm staying with my brother. So it's all lies. If he's staying with his brother, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not quite getting me anywhere. It's like, is this your childhood home? No, I'm staying with my brother. Oh, this phone's always been disconnected since I was a kid. You know, it's just like none of the threads are tying together.
1: Uh, let's get back to that, because I think there might be something there, but let's get further into this. But the phone actually rings now. Mm-hmm. And like it was disconnected, it clearly is cut. There's no way it could. And the first kid is all like, like there's some breathing, and then he's like, like hey, you know, good well, arm. It
0: says his name, and he immediately hangs up in fear because yeah. finally he's hearing. Oh, stuff Oh yeah, out it, of the says, uh, out it says Finny. Uh, right, and then he, which was creepy as shit. And then it rings again, mm-hmm. and then he picks up, and it's breathing, and we get our first. Dead kid talking to him through the phone.
1: Speaking of creepy, I think I had that same exact mattress when I was a kid because I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I slept on that mattress as a child.
0: <laughs> it had turtle sheets on it, just like this one. No. Uh, but the first one to call turns out to be Bruce. Yep. And but he doesn't know he doesn't know who he is.
1: Well, he says the first thing to go is your name. He's the first thing to go when? And he's like, you know when. And then he referring to death. Right. And it was like, holy shit, Bruce is dead. He goes, Bruce? Bruce Yamato? And he's like, yeah, that's my name. Good arm, kid. Or like, you know, you almost got me with that sweet golden butter or whatever he says. Whatever
0: the phrase is.
1: Yeah. And and,
0: isn't it here that he reveals that the linoleum floor is loose? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: He was like, you know, I tried to dig to the floor, but I couldn't get underneath the house fast enough before he caught me type thing. Then he goes to sleep after like, you know, screaming and trying to get out of here. Um, he goes to sleep and he wakes up and the grabber's sitting in a chair and he's like, what do you want? He was like, um, I wrote down, He's like, I just wanted to look at you. I just wanted to look at you. Mm-hmm. And if you look like, the, you close up, Ethan Hawke's eyes are watering. Like he's about to cry, which I thought was like, I'm like, okay, why is he wanting to look at him and why is he about to cry? At this point he has the sad mask on. Like it's the frowny sad face. And I was like, what the shit? And I wasn't sure if he's
0: playing with him. Is he toying with him? Or is he literally having an internal struggle about I what to do he with this is. kid? Because
1: later on, they say you have to play the game of Naughty Boy or he can't move on to the next step. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a game, but I don't think it's a game. But the thing is, I don't know if it's a game he devised that he wants to play or if it's a game that he subconsciously has to play due to his trauma and fucked upness and whatever's going on in that head of his.
0: This is just one of the things I needed more resolution to. Yeah. I think, for me to really enjoy this.
1: Yeah, I, but he's like, he's like, I just want to look at you. And then like, he's like, uh, okay. And then he gets up and he leaves. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why was he about to cry? You know, like, Again, there's so much I want to know. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't reveal it all right away, mm-hmm. but I would have liked to have known more of why he had to do this stuff. Um, also, can we agree that the black mask guy and Bagul from Sinister are going to eventually form a movie and do like an odd couple type thing, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, uh, but, so at this point we cut to a dream sequence of Bruce as a child and he's learning baseball with his parents and he's playing games. And then I was like, what is, and it's all old film footage, much like the Sinister kind of super eight stuff. And bam, uh, Gwen wakes up. And you find out that that's one of her dreams. So she dreams in old film style, which I, I was you like. Know,
0: I dream in eight millimeter.
1: As everyone does.
0: <laughs> um, but that was a connection I got from from uh, Sinister, right? Yes. Instead of the, oh, instead yeah, of the snuff I, films, now it's the dreams. Yes, the
1: dreams. I, I, I wrote that down. I was like, man, they love this old eight millimeter footage. Yeah, well, we
0: bought these cameras.
1: We're not going to not use them, you know? <laughs> we got all this eight millimeter film. Someone's got to use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we realized that's a dream. And then we cut back to um, the basement. And this is where he comes downstairs with like eggs and a soda. And he's like, here, I made you food. And he's got a smiley mask on. And he's like, you, what'd you put in it? And he's like, eat it. Don't eat it. I don't care. I already abducted you. Yeah, you're already here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why would I kill you now? Like, you know, like, hey. And it's like, cool. And so he closes the door behind him. Finney goes and starts to eat, but then realizes that the door's not fully closed. Mm. Like it's not locked. It didn't click. Yeah, and so he goes up to it, and he kind of pulls and it's a big, heavy steel door, like a... Right, think of like a freezer
0: at like a meat market or something.
1: And um, he goes and opens it, and he's about to walk up the stairs. The phone rings, Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Uh, what should I do? What should I do? I should run, or should I go back? And he, he runs over and gets the phone, and he answers it. And this time, I don't know what kid it is. Is it
0: the, it was the paper boy, the paper boy. Yes. Cause he's like,
1: don't use my name because Finney's like, oh, you're so and so. And he's like, don't use that name. I don't want to use that name. And it was like, holy shit. Okay. Weirdo. (laughs) Like who am I judging a dead kid here? You know, but, um, (laughs) what a weirdo. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, don't do it. It's a trick. He's like, what? And he's like, he's upstairs waiting for you with the belt. You know, if you go upstairs, he'll beat you with this belt and you're going to wish you hadn't, you know, like Mm -hmm. do not do it. Whatever you do. And the first thing he does is he goes, opens the door and starts going up the
0: stairs. And it's like, you're not going to listen to the dead kid. But he stops. Right. Yeah. Well, you didn't know that when he was I like, I I like oh, he's just like, going to ignore the warning. Are I ya? was
1: like, yo, if dead kids are telling you, hey, don't fuck around, man. You won't find out. Just, hey, maybe find a different way to fuck around.
0: Right. That's not the route. But,
1: but we actually cut to, as he's walking up the stairs, we cut to see Ethan Hawke. And this is where he's shirtless with the belt, like looking all like bull, like, like kind of drugged out, creepy, like, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, is he possessed? Is he hearing shit in his head at this point? Because he seems like he's struggling with demons at this point. And I'm like, yo, what is up with the grabber? And then Finney like, walks back down and closes the door. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> like I didn't want to see him get beat, but I also want to see like what motivated the grabber. So he goes back inside, and he goes and pulls up the tile and starts digging. He's That's like, right. I'll dig out of here the way Bruce kind of was telling me about. So he's digging the hole, getting the dirt out, flushing the dirt through the toilet, And you know, and then covers it back up with some carpet, you know, so the grabber doesn't see because the grabber's not really going to that side of the the area anyway. Which I found
0: curious why didn't he ever go down and check what was going on downstairs? Like, he never soundproof,
1: he can't hear it. He says, he says, no one can hear you once I close this door. Like, it's soundproof.
0: It seems like he's left some things in there, and I would want to know what's going on in my.
1: Space. As many kids, because later on, like, what is it? Hopper is all like, yo, I dug through the wall and got into the freezer. Like, at this point, kids have found ways to get out of your sex exactly. torture dungeon. This like, this isn't the first time. Maybe spot check it every now and then, That's bro. My point. Due diligence is going to go a long way with this whole abduction thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we haven't got there yet, but one of the kids tells him to dig through the wall. And he's like, it cost him a lot to repair that wall. So you've dealt with this before, grabber. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, you know, like maybe don't
1: repeat the sins of the past. Yeah. Um so he goes and starts digging the hole and then in the floor, not yes, the wall. In the hole, yeah, in the, the floor. At this point we cut to another um dream sequence, and this is uh, Gwen having a dream about the paper boy, and we see him getting the the paper boy getting abducted. Uh, an eight millimeter. Finney screaming out the door with the, the house. And she goes and looks for the house through the neighborhood on her bike.
0: Right. And I think the detectives show up to the house and they're like, and the dad answers the door. is like, ah, shit. What yeah. did she do now? And it's like, ah, sir, your daughter didn't do anything. But we do want to talk to her.
1: Yeah. And he's like, Look, we're on of leads, man. We got to do something. This kid's on
0: to some shit. Like she knows stuff that we don't. So the only thing I could really justify this with, and again, I've touched on it already, how oh, I just found this a little unbelievable is that in the 70s and 80s, people seemed to be so obsessed with psychics and telepathy and ESP and all that shit. And there was hotlines and hotlines everywhere. Call me shit. now, Miss Cleo. <laughs> and that's well after, but yeah. It predates that a little bit. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you would always see these stories of like the cops have a psychic on the yep. force bullshit. And you're like, really? Did they really? Yeah.
1: Hey, it was a simpler so, time.
0: <laughs> I'm like, that's the only way I can really get around this point and just kind of move on. is like, okay, well, just she's the psychic on the force, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we cut back to uh, Finney downstairs, and he's starting to use like some some twine that he found. He's going to try to pull the grate off um, mm-hmm. with some twine and stuff like that. Well,
0: one of the kids is like, I hid one of the cords. I pulled it off and, and stuck oh, it yeah, in the crack. yeah, I pulled
1: it out of the wall and right. hid
0: it. So, yeah, so every dead kid adds a little extra to this escape plan. A little a little like different way that they tried to get out. Right. He's like, "It wasn't successful, but here's the little tool that I have available for you now." Yeah. Um so it's kind of interesting of how this is all just going to line up in this very rude Goldberg death machine at the end.
1: Yeah. Mhm. And it mm-hmm. might have been a little convenient. I didn't find it con- I didn't find it convenient. I actually thought like, "Okay, cool." Cuz again, I didn't actually piece together all the little pieces that were happening cuz the different kids escapes were going to add up to one big like here's how you're going to do it. I thought that was well. I was taken by surprise by that.
0: But each kid was trying to get their own way out. Yes. And then it all mousetrapped into. I know. I
1: know. You know what I mean? But honestly, I didn't see that coming. Sure. So I was like, kind of like, oh, cool, clever. You know, <laughs> like, he put the grate in the hole and, you know, like, I okay, can literally
0: cool. see the marble rolling down the tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway.
1: But yeah, I couldn't see that until the, the very end. I was like, oh, Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that's going on. And he ends up, he's trying to get out to the, the, open the window. The grate gets pulled off the, the window. Now, this kind of bothered me because the grate, the metal gate grate gets pulled off the window, which is protecting the window from being opened mm-hmm. and accessed. The grabber's been down there like twice. And he doesn't care. He never notices it. And I'm like, bro, you got to pay attention to your surroundings, son. Right. But as this is happening, uh, the cops are scrounging around town trying to find Finny. They're still searching. They're going house to house. Have you seen this kid? Um, they come to a house, which looks very similar to one that was just in Gwen's dream and we're like, uh-oh, the cops are about to blow the lid off this motherfucker. Bam, they open the door. It's James Ransone. Right, and I think they're just kind of, canvassing. I think they're canvassing
0: yeah. like, hey, have you ever seen this kid? Yep. You know, looking for Finney and the dude's like, I'm glad you're here. And James Ransone's like, come in. <laughs>
1: come in. Is this about the grabber? You know, like, and then they're like, what? And he's like, come in. And I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, you could tell it's not the grabber. But the cops the don't know it. this. They're like, oh yeah, the shit, we got to leave. Like, they're like, oh, this could be a thing. And they go in and it's all like Pepe Silvia from Always Sunny. Like, okay, right. there's no Pepe Silvia. Like, you got to look in this location. And the grabber had to be from here to here to here to here. And like,
0: It's not quite a beautiful mind, but it's getting there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How do you like these apples?
0: Um, He's pointing at a map. He's like, the killer has to be in this area because he can't get to all these locations where all these kids were abducted and get back without anybody seeing it. He's talking really fast. And the cops are like, okay, buddy, if you have any other information, hands him a card. And then one of the cops looks over at the coffee table. He's like, you may want to clean up next time. Because he
1: says, he's like, do you live here? The cop's like, do you live here? He's like, No. Uh, you might want to clean up before your brother gets home and points to the table and he looks over the table after the cops leave and there's like lines of coke yeah. on the table and he's like, oh, son of a bitch. Damn it, Max. You got to clean up. And he does like a quick line, like, I'll clean right. up this way. That's one way to do it. Yeah. So they kind of think he's crazy because he's just coked out of his mind. Also, shout out to 70s cops who are like, cocaine? Eh, whatever. whatever. We're not here for that right yeah. <laughs> now. Um, I
0: literally thought that this was just going to be a bit of comic relief and would have no payoff other than
1: the scene. See, right here is where I pieced together that my brother's out. I'm staying with my brother. And I was like, his brother's the grabber. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't piece together that they were in the same house. Yeah. But then later on, I found out they weren't, you sure. know, like, that's the thing is I thought like, well, how is his brother missing this? Like, how is his brother not noticing this? Like, they clearly, this is going to be his brother. The grabber's his brother. Yeah. Like, I knew at this point in the movie, I was like, this has got to be it. So we cut back to Finney and he's down there. He gets another call from another kid. And at this point, we're actually seeing the kids in ghost form, like standing around talking to Finney. They, they're not talking to each other, but as he's on the phone talking to a, um, a figureless voice, um, the ghost is walking around and mouthing what's being said. So the spirits of these kids are still in this basement talking to Finney. He just can't see them.
0: I did like the effect of them. The audio was still coming through the phone, but they were mouthing it.
1: Yes. But it was in that low quality coming through a speaker. Exactly. You're only yeah. hearing it from the phone. Yeah, that was cool. This was also kind of where they could affect their surroundings. Like they, they moved the Coke bottles to point where the cable was. And I was like, well, if they can fucking... Um, you right. know, if they can if they can control this environment why aren't they helping dig the right. goddamn hole when the, when And i was like i was like joe pesci's like "Wait, you don't think i've dug a fucking hole before i'll dig <laughs> a fucking hole and i was like
0: you're on. right or throw these bottles at him when they come in
1: yeah hold them him, him, you ghost ghost bum rush i think we just peeked the mic there but yeah you know it was just yeah, like god dead kids holding
0: down i'm gonna stab him in the neck with my fucking <laughs> nasa
1: rocket oh man to the moon baby I did have a little bit of a problem with that I was like, oh, this is the thing they can do and none of them are doing it. Like the, the grabber can't punch you back, kid. You're a ghost. Like keep, right. just go in there and punch the grabber in the balls every time he walks in until he's finally like, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't get punched in the balls by ghost kids. We
0: just have enough ghost energy to spin a bottle. Okay. Not suppress a man,
1: <laughs> I guess. Just kick to the nuts every time. That's all it would take. Um, everyone can take a day, you know, mm-hmm. like you got them on Tuesdays. I got them on Wednesdays. Bam yeah, to the nuts.
0: Every time I come down to see Finney, I get kicked in the balls. <laughs> and Something's I don't know who, up.
1: who's doing it. <laughs> so um, at this point, one of the kids um, basically was like, hey, he's upstairs sleeping. There's a combo lock on the door. That's how you get out.
0: Yeah. So he it's, it's another night, and the grabber comes downstairs with a plate of eggs, and he's got his sad mask on. And he's like, I'm really struggling here. He's like, normally, I want to wait for the papers to tell me what the name of my victim is but this time it's different
2: nothing's going right you can let me go i'm thinking about it i promise i don't tell anyone you can blindfold me drop me off on the street i'll walk home well, well tell me your name taylor taylor Mo.
0: Tosses him a newspaper that shows his face with his real name.
2: I was really starting to like you, Finny. I almost let you go.
0: But he already knows the trick. Mm-hmm. A phone call comes in, and it's the it's the bike kid again, right? Yeah. And he's like he's asleep. This is the floating kid upside down. He's got his neck slit. I thought that was a cool effect. That was a
1: good jump scare. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was a very neat in the corner in the shadows. there's just
1: an upside down floating kid. Yeah. You know, like how you do the crab walk. It's mm-hmm. almost one of those only it's floating yeah, in the air. It was really creepy. And it was like accompanied by a big jump scare noise and stuff. But yeah. um, they're like, he's like, well, why does he just kill me? He's like, he can't. You have to play the naughty. You have to play the game of naughty boy for him to move on. He can't move to the next st- step until you play naughty boy and you won't play. That's why he can't kill you yet. And he's like, oh, I wrote down the combination on the door to get you out. But you got to get past him he's up there waiting to play naughty boy but he's asleep
0: right he's so, using my bi- my bike lock to lock the door shut mm-hmm. and i scratched the numbers on the wall and it's a it's ambiguous it's not clear it's just a set of like five numbers six so,
1: digits together yeah, you don't know digits. what the the three numbers are to make the code work and right. is it 33 shout is out three? to finny who was like is it 33 two, three, or is it 33 32 1 you know like i was like Whoa, way to go, dude! Yeah. Way to ask for like the right information. And dead newspaper boy is like, I don't fucking remember. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I did find that kind of like great. I was, he's like, I can't remember, and I was like, oh shit, you're on your own, man. So this was probably
0: the most tense moment of the movie for me. Yes, I can As, say that. You know, he's got a sneak by sleeping Ethan Hawk who's got the belt in his hand, mm-hmm. uh, the devil mask on. And he's trying these combinations and he keeps looking over his shoulder because, you know, he's, he's making not, some
1: noise. He's yanking on that thing, trying yeah. to get that open. Well, you got to. You got to give a yeah. little bit of a yank. But yeah, he's he's aware that every movement
0: is going to. And on the third attempt, he gets the number right, it clicks open, and the dog starts barking. Samson. Big-ass monster dog. I want to talk to Samson. I don't want to talk to this Samson. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see Samson yet. We don't just see just Samson. We just hear him. It sounds like a big dog, but we don't see him. But that alerts the grabber, and then it is on. They run out the door together. Then he is them.
1: running down the street, and he's like, help, help, blah. And the grabber... Tackles him to the ground, holds a knife to his neck, and he's like, I'll fucking slit you like a pig, and I will strangle you with your intestines if you make a single fucking noise, because they're hiding next to the bushes in mm-hmm. the dark, and so all these lights are coming on from the neighborhood. No one opens their door to look outside, but they all kind of look out the windows and see yeah, what's just going on. Yeah, assuming they're
0: peeking through the they shades. They can't see
1: anything. The lights turn off, and then and, you know, the grabber takes Finney back downstairs, and it's like, goddamn. Like I, I thought he was going to get away at this point. I really honestly believed that he was going to get away until the grabber did like, I'll kill you. And I was like, Oh shit. So yeah. yep. Finney is caught again. And that sucks because then we cut to Gwen who goes to her little Jesus doll house. She pulls out her Bible and her Jesus fish and everything. And she opens it up and she's like, Look, Jesus, what the fuck? I'm having these (laughs) dreams. You gave me this gift, but it's not doing anything good. If you can't help me find my brother with these, then maybe you're not even real. And I think this is the part where he, she goes and has the, qu- the conversation with her dad of like, hey, what if my powers could help us find Finney? Mm-hmm. And there's that whole moment we've talked about multiple times. Because, um, again, I thought this moment was a very good part of, part of the movie because this is where we find out the shining exists. <laughs> so she's kind of having a crisis of faith of not just Jesus, but like with her powers as well. You know, what's the point of having this if it's not going to do me any good type thing? So, yeah. And they don't explain exactly
0: why or when she gets the dreams mm-hmm. ever. That's never yep. explained.
1: Nope. but she has a, a dream at this point and it's of Hopper <coughs> who was a rough and tumble teenager.
0: You keep saying Hopper and I think of uh, Stranger Things.
1: Oh, you do? Yeah. I get the name of Dennis
0: Hopper. <laughs> which Hopper is it?
1: <laughs> it's the um, it's the the blonde-haired kid who got killed, the one who was playing pinball. That kid's name was Hopper? Yeah, that kid's name was Hopper. <laughs> so anyway, she starts having a dream about this kid playing pinball, and some kid knocks the... He's like, you're going to beat your high score? And he's like, I know. Some kid knocks the pinball machine, makes him lose his ball. Hopper goes crazy, just starts fucking fighting every one of the, the old 70s, like, you know... He's the pinball wizard. You don't I, I fuck like, up yeah, his game. I wrote down, he's like, is this the pinball wizard? It's got to be. Maybe All his right? first name's Tommy. And um, for all my old Who fans out there, right. hey-o. Um, but this this
0: felt a little weird in this movie. Like, this far deep into the movie, we get a flashback that isn't in the Super 8 style. It, it kind of is. But it's just it's like- a, It's less grainy, but it's still in the whole, like- Old film style. I didn't see any of that because it, it, to me it just felt so disjointed. I was Like, wait, now who is this kid? All of a sudden, like, what are we well, doing? Well, the here? thing is,
1: they reference him way earlier in the movie, but it's just a passing comment about him, mm-hmm. about Hopper. You mean like, like Hopper was the first to be abducted? Blah blah blah. So like, that's. I it took me a minute. I was like, oh wait, they did talk yeah. about this kid briefly at the beginning, but just to get his like full backstory. Bla- it's a flashback long backstory. Compared too. to the other
0: kids, we didn't get all that. Yeah, because I was
1: like, who is this fucking kid? You know. And then I was like, wait a minute, and the cops take Hopper out, and like. Then they're in a car, and then they drive to this house, and Gwen's suddenly in the back of the car with Hopper, and he's like, you know, like.
0: And that's when it kind of became the dream, like the Super 8 style is whenever mm -hmm. Gwen starts showing up. And okay. she's walking around as he's being thrown into the back of the police car. Yeah. And then she's in there with And it.
1: they drive to the house 7743 or whatever because Hopper actually etches that into a kid's arm in the dream, 7741 or 7743, whatever the house number is. The address. Yes, yeah. the address of where the, the grabber is. And um, holy shit, like, like the dreams are premonitions. They are the Shining mm-hmm. And um, so she's in the car and then Hopper's like, think about it. he talked to dead people too. Holy, it is the shiny. It's
2: the fucking shiny. And for a long time, I thought it was just the two of us that had the shine to us. Mm.
1: Um, so anyway, Hopper like ends up driving to the car with the cops and like, this is the place. Today's the fucking day. This is where it goes down. And either right before or right after this, um, Finney has a conversation with Hopper on the phone. Or maybe it's at the same time and it's like intercut.
0: It's the telephone call and then we see his backstory. Okay. and But the same things he says through the phone are what are said in the flashback slash
1: Word for word, pace for pace. Right. And he's like, you got to get out of there today because today's the fucking day. You're going to wish you never were there or something like that. And Hopper's like a rough and tumble teenager. Like he's no joke.
0: And Hopper is the one that tells him to dig through the
1: wall. Yes. He's right? like, I had to like, I fucked that wall up so bad. He'll never forget how much that cost and- yeah, it's pretty wild.
0: Now did I thought it was a little odd that he could take a toilet Lid. It's the tank lid, mm-hmm. and he dug a beautiful square into the wall with such a blunt, heavy instrument.
1: I think maybe the <laughs> the the wall fill that the grabber used was maybe subpar materials, and so that kind of helped him. It
0: had to have been <laughs> because that thing fell apart in a perfect square. Well, I I know for
1: a fact they're trying to like do construction on things. I'm like, it is not that easy just to to dig a human sized hole in a fucking like drywall and you know no, it is like bigger than a human. And Yeah. Like, you
0: could pass through comfortably if that was a tunnel. I
1: feel like (laughs) it had to be because it was dug before and it just wasn't repaired properly. But I'll give that a pass. Yeah, honestly, we could could get into it. But yes, I was like, that fucking tank lid would have broke and he would have cut his hand on that porcelain so bad.
0: But on the other side of the wall is a panel that leads into a freezer. The back of a freezer. Right. So he gets a piece, he gets a washer from the toilet and then unscrews the bolts Mm -hmm. and makes his way
1: to the inside of a freezer. Which is like in a shed. And outside and if you get out of the freezer, then you're you it's an unlocked door on the shed and he can get out. Why didn't he just push the freezer out of the way? That freezer's fucking heavy, dude.
0: You see that freezer? I, that was a I huge saw freezer. It. But he's like a hundred pound kid. He could push on it a little Look, more. If a
1: freezer like that can survive an atomic blast, i.e. Indiana Jones part four,
0: <laughs> he could. What do
1: you expect him to do? Push it out of the way. I don't think you could. Try. Because the thing is he could only oh, you're talking about push, kick the panel. And push the freezer over yeah. instead of going inside the freezer yeah, and then trying to kick his way out. I'm the freezer. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, honestly, I'm with you on that. I like maybe didn't if think they of that, that if but if they shown the free-
0: freezer like bolted to the wall or chained up, that would have made more sense. But what is he
1: going to have to do to get like leverage against that freezer? Like he's got no wall behind him. He can't just like push it over with Fold his hands. Himself
0: into the square tunnel and you know he's going to push himself against right the, wall? Out of the hole. I think you could scooch it a little bit here and there. Listen, anyway. Listeners,
1: donate 20 bucks each <laughs> and we're going to basically dig a hole and put a freezer in front of it and see if Mark can get out.
0: But no, someone I went to the movie with, well, as I was arguing this point, was like, it's probably a super heavy refrigerator yes, or something. It's I'm like massively. Maybe,
1: but I feel like you could still inch it those a little bit. Those things had lead in them back then, though. Like Those were not like, it's not like, fridges of today. Those things are heavy as fuck. I don't claim to know anything about 70s freezer technology. Look, as okay? someone who was locked in a freezer from the age of <laughs> six to 22, I can tell you. I'm no, surprised um, you lasted that long. A lot of kids died in designed the Designed for the cold. Um, so yeah, he gets in the freezer and he's trying to kick the door open, but he can't do it. And he comes back out of the freezer into the, the downstairs basement where the grabber, you know, in the, the grabber's house. And he just starts crying. He's lost all hope and faith at this point. But then yep. the phone rings. And, and it's his buddy, Robbie. Is it Robbie or Robin? It's either. Okay. I couldn't remember. It's. But, I think
0: it's Robin, but yeah.
1: Okay. And he's like, hey, man, don't give up. The reason I, I like stuck up for you is because you're a fighter like me. He's like, I'm not a fighter, you're strong, I'm not. And he's like, No way.
0: You took the lickens and kept getting up.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a real Captain America moment for you. <laughs> I and can do this un- all day. My uncle went to Nam and you know like he did the whole Vietnam like yeah, comparison. My eyes and I was like, a bit. I don't okay. know if we needed that. But I mean, for a kid that may mean something. So like, okay. But I thought that the Vietnam, like, my uncle never left a buddy in Vietnam and I'm not gonna leave you. And I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. I don't think it is the 70s, I guess. I don't think 12, (laughs) 13 year olds talk like that, but sure. Hey, you never know. It was the 70s. (laughs) But at this point, he basically tells him like, okay, it's time to fight. You're going to fuck this dude up. You're going to take this phone. You're going to fill it with dirt. You're going to make the the handset super heavy. And then you're going to beat the shit out of the student. You're going to get out of here. This is how it's going to happen. And he starts practicing with them. Take a step back, take a step forward, take a step back, <laughs> back and swing. into the left. <laughs> yeah. Back into the lift. Um, but yeah, he's teaching them how to fight with this thing. And, and like you know, and the
0: movie shows you both uh, Vinny and Ghost Robin doing the motions back and forth yep. several times. It was a good looking scene. Now,
1: let me ask you something on that point real quick then, because I thought this movie might have been better if we didn't see the ghost kids. I didn't really enjoy seeing the ghost kids. Really? The one that had his neck slit open that was floating in the air, I was like, whoa. That's crazy. That's creepy. But just seeing the other kids walking around the room, like, I don't know. It kind of took away the whole like the lonely despair aspect of this because the, the, the visionless voices made me more unnerved than seeing the kids there. Like seeing Robbie do the motions with him, I was like, eh, like I wish he wasn't there. I wish he was telling like, now do this, now do this. And you saw him learning as he was doing it by himself.
0: I think to remove those portions of the movie would be to move it further away from the horror genre. I agree. Because a lot of those came with the stings of loud booms and, you know, jump scare stuff. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think you'd be pushing it more into a lifetime original territory <laughs> if you remove that stuff.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I go that, that, you know, but
0: you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, where's the, my son? <laughs> visually,
1: the kids added a lot to it. But like for me, I don't know. Like when I saw the ghost kids, I was like, eh. and I was like, it kind of made it like seem less scary I, to me because in my mind, some- I saw a lot more messed up looking kids. And in this, they were just kind of faded out. And I was like, yeah. Did you need him to be more gory? Like I wouldn't necessarily gory, but i definitely say more haggard, more yeah. rough, more not just what it looked like when you got abducted, but the hell and trauma you went through from this vac- this basement. You know, mm. the, the experience of being all the way to the end with the grabber, I feel like would have really put you through the ringer. And these kids, some of them didn't really look like they got put through the ringer. And I was just like, eh.
0: Again, I just don't know if the movie would be necessarily visually entertaining at that point.
1: I agree with you. I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I I was just curious because seeing the kids didn't do a whole lot for me except when it was like dead ghost kid, you know, like with his throat slit or like, you know, the other kid getting all like fucked up looking. I was like, whoa, okay, the grabber's a threat. But just to see Robbie just like kind of like. Hey, what's up, man? I'm just chilling, but I'm faded out now. You know, like, right. like a goes to Christmas past type situation. I'm like, come on, dude. They don't explain why he's seeing them or talking to them.
0: Well. Because Robbie's not the one having the dreams. He's not the one that's supposed to be a special like a sister. Yeah. You know, or is the telephone itself like one of the conjuring, you know, artifacts that has been cursed? Maybe. Because there are spots where they show the phone like breathing. Like,
1: OK, that's later on. That's right after this. They showed a
0: few times. Oh, really? Yeah, you'll see it in the background kind of like breathing. Oh, I only saw so. it the
1: once, like right before he attacks the right. grabber.
0: If you've seen Videodrome, it's yes. very reminiscent of like the VCR, yes. like inflating Policing. and deflating. It's, it's yeah. pulsing. Right, yeah. Yeah. so it's a lot like that. Um, but yeah, they do that several times throughout the movie. Okay,
1: that's interesting, because yeah, I only saw it that one time, and I was like, now this is interesting, does the grabber have the shining? Are the voices telling him what to do? Is he one of the bad shining people? Well, he
0: hears at the, the end, phone, he talks to them.
1: Well, the thing is he talks to them, but also earlier he's like that phone rings, but there is no one there. And then the kids are like, he doesn't answer it. He doesn't want to believe that this is right. a thing. So is does he have the shining? He's just not given into it. But then how the fuck does Finney- because The Finney had the shining too, uh, he doesn't have dreams or anything because the other kids got the calls from the kids before, so he can't, they all couldn't have had the shining. So, no, no, I take that. back. Oh, did they say they talked to the yeah, dead kids? Yeah, they're like, too? You only get the call from the previous kids, like, you only get so are, are you many. Sure, I feel like
0: one of them said, This is the first time.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I may have missed that then, I, I may be wrong, but I, I know when like Robbie, he's like, He's like, well I, get, well, I get to talk to any more kids, and he's like, No, you only get, but maybe I'm wrong. And again, we again, audience, please, listeners, audience, whatever, whoever you are out there, uh, bear with us. We may have gotten some of these points like a little bit out of order. We're in the theater; we can't exactly like rewind it and rewatch all this stuff. But uh, we're doing our best to piece it in order for you. So we're doing our best. Don't don't eat. Well, you know what? Email us if we're fucking up. Call us a task. I think the the pinball wizard's name is Vance. Vance. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I just completely, <laughs> like, heard Hopper. I don't know why. I, I swear to God I heard Hopper. Yeah, maybe it's just Vance. Um, Hopper's a good name, yeah, but maybe so, not this kid's name. So <laughs> Vance, I'll start calling him Vance now, but I don't know where I got I thought his last name was, like, Hopper or something like that. Vance Hopper or something so, like that. But anyway, whatever.
0: Vance is the, the pinball wizard kid.
1: Yes, yes. So we'll, we'll just pretend I said Vance the whole time, people. Um, Finney's going to fight the grabber. And at this point, Gwen has a dream where she's out on her bike. She's like, because after the, the hop, the, the Vance dream, <laughs> this is going to be hard to change that. After the Vance dream, she goes out and looks for that number of the house because she's seen it. She's like, I'm going to find this house. Which she does. She basically gets confronted by five dead kids in the middle of the road who scare the shit out of her. She falls off her bike mm-hmm. and then looks up and she's in front of the house now that she saw in the dream. In her
0: dream, she saw a very unique looking tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that that same tree
1: from Sinister where all the people hung from? It's not the same tree, but it looked very similar. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a nod to Sinister also. Yeah.
0: I thought that was, I was like, oh, y'all are clever. I was but like, I couldn't, yeah, tell, I couldn't remember if it was the same tree. That's
1: some creepy Sinister tree. I, I, Again, I don't think it was the same exact tree, but like it looked very similar.
0: So she identifies the house and then immediately goes and phones the police. It's like,
1: bring over everybody from the station. I found it. Get them over here quick. This is also this whole montage scene where she calls the cops. The cops are on their way to this house. Vinny's getting ready to fight the grabber. All this shit's going down. The dad's working in the mill. I don't know. Like, There's all this montage stuff that's going on. It's accompanied by Pink Floyd's whatever that song is like. I
0: believe it's time.
1: <laughs> From, uh, but it's not uh, the actual good part of time. It's just the like weird noise part of time. I like that. I
0: always thought it was weird.
1: But yeah, they didn't actually put the song. It was just that part of it. It worked well in the movie. But it was kind of like I kept waiting for the song to drop because the one thing I don't appreciate about Pink Floyd music is the fucking long intros and outros. Uh, I I love
0: Pink Floyd. (laughs) I love this album from start to finish. Even before I figured out you could sync it up with Wizard of Oz. (laughs) 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 But I enjoy it. I did want to say that I thought the soundtrack was great.
1: It was. Everything about it was really good. It fit really well. All the songs played cool. Um, It was just it was nice. It was a good accompanied soundtrack. Sorry, not time. It's on the run, the one right before. Okay. It. I'm not going to lose my
0: classic yeah. rock cred here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so on the run, uh, if it was punk, I would have had it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But um, yeah, so that plays while this is all going on. And so here at this point, right, I
0: thought the movie was setting up something to happen that didn't, right? We've watched Finn train to do an attack. And we know that James Ransoni is in the house and we see him start to piece together upstairs.
1: Holy fuck, my yes. brother is the one who done it. Because during the montage, Ransoni's or Max is looking at the map that he's made and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's my house, my
0: God. Right. So he's going downstairs, dude. I literally thought Finney was about to kill him.
1: I did too. And I think that's supposed to be that so
0: way. it was actually a nice misdirect.
1: I think you like you know, you know, Max is going to open the door and he's going to attack Max and kill his way out. Right. But they didn't. Max opens the door and he's all like Holy shit. I knew he was up to some crazy stuff, but I had no idea he was abducting kids. What the fuck? He's like, don't worry, kid. I'm going to get you out of here. My brother's at work. He's not going to whack. Axe to the fucking head. And then out walks the grabber. He's like,
0: see what you made me do? You made me kill my own brother. He was stupid. He was an idiot, but he was my
1: brother. And it was like. He was my idiot. He was my idiot. That's (laughs) right. And again, back to the whole Ethan Hawke thing. There's times in this movie where he shines and it's like, wow, I'm glad Ethan Hawke's playing this role. There's other times where I'm just like, it could have been anyone else. It really could have. You know, like yeah. just, I feel like Ethan Hawke was a good fit for some of it, but I don't know. Like, I know they like work with Ethan Hawke and that's totally cool. I really don't have much of an
0: opinion of Ethan Hawke. I never really have. And that when, he, when he comes up, I can never remember his name. <laughs> and I'm like, it's that dude in that thing in that link letter movie, or it's that guy who's- Generic the, actor number 23. It's the bad guy from Moon Knight. Or, you know, it's always just like, it's always on the tip of my tongue, and it takes me a good few minutes to be like, Ethan Hawke, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't necessarily do bad here. I just don't know if he's
1: always the imposing figure that I would want out of this Villain. I liked him a lot in Sinister because he played a very good like character. But this, was an there was nothing, there was nothing <laughs> unique enough about the Grabber other than the mask that really made me feel like oh, I'm glad Ethan hawk brought that to this. You right. know,
0: it's it, anybody could have done the same role. Uh,
1: maybe not More anybody, but less, yes, but yeah. it could have been interchangeable with some other great actors. You know, right. like sure. But um yeah, so he kills Max. Max is dead on the ground. He pulls the knife out or the the axe out. And he's like, well, I guess, you know, we're going to have to do it this way. He sees the phone. He's like, what are you going to do with that? And then he calls Samson. And Samson shows himself. And Samson is a huge fucking dog. Right. I don't even know what breed he is. He's just
0: a monster. He
1: looked kind of like Rottweiler Pitbull type mix, but he's but huge. Like the size of a great Dane. Like mastiff stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like. The, the beast from the sandlot.
0: <laughs> yeah, might as well have been. But then he like chains into the wall. Yep, he and, chains
1: into the wall. And he starts- Which adv- kudos to that dog for being so well trained. Yeah.
0: And he starts advancing on Finny, but Finney jumps in. Can we
1: talk about the dog's performance? <laughs>
0: Great job. Great job. No other dog could have played this role. <laughs> so Finney like runs around into the back area where the toilet is. And then in runs the grabber after him and puts his foot on the mat- where Finney had dug
1: that hole. Yeah, cuz Finney had dug the hole which wasn't a success, but covered it up, but inside that hole he put the grate from the window at an angle. So when he jumped over the mat and the grabber was going to ax him, he trips him with the cord. He uses the the phone right,
0: cord. The one that the kid told him
1: about that he yep. tried to
0: rope over and try to get out the rift for the yep. first time.
1: He he trips him with that cord. He falls in, uh, Ethan Hawk the grabber falls into the hole, breaks his foot. And you see that. That was I'm like, oof, because the grate's at an angle. Yeah. So his foot goes straight down and then crack goes sideways. And he's like, what, chest level at this point? Yeah, yeah out of the, maybe out of like the hole. right below pec area. Yeah.
0: And he's swinging at him. and then But there's Finney doing the move. Forward, back, forward, hit. Forward, back, forward, <laughs> like, All right, two more times. Let's go.
1: You guys got this.
0: He's got the beat. He's got <laughs> it. He learned that move. Uh, and he knocks him several times in the head with that phone. He's mm-hmm. the grabbers bleeding from the face. Uh, and then he takes the telephone cord.
1: Well, mm. he first, he pulls the mask off and this drove me crazy. This makes no sense because the mask comes off and it's already been half and half. Like, you know, like the bottom was covered mm-hmm. when he was talking to the kid. I keep covering my mouth as I'm doing this. So I'm going to try to be better about this.
0: <laughs> Garrett is pantomiming, <laughs> covering his face. In Look, multiple... I'm all about
1: the, the action. Yeah. Um, so like, he's got the top and bottom off like at different parts of the movie, but he's always got his mask on at some degree. And then like, Finny takes the mask off when he's in the hole after he's hit him a couple times. And he's like, my mask, like fucking Rorschach from Watchmen, you know, like, and he's like freaking out. And I'm like, what the hell is the power of this mask? Is this like black mask from like fucking DC, like Batman? Like, like why does this mask have power over him? And I understand he's like, It's part of his persona, but again, so many tidbits of like why he is the way he is that I got no info on that I just really wanted a little bit more to bite into. But he freaks out.
0: The situation that the grabber finds himself in, he should not have reacted in such a manner to lose any upper hand or give Finney any upper hand. You know what I mean? Like it just—it felt really weird. Well, he broke his foot, and then he was mad. And he was like, "I'm going to kill this kid." Right, but then the mask comes off. He's like, "Oh my, my, my!" He freaks out, and then Finney just strangles him with the cord.
1: Yep, like goes on the ground, wraps the the phone cord around his neck, and, and then just strangles him out. They're
0: back to back, right? So Finney's. Yes backs pressed against ethan hawks as he's choking him out and the cord is
1: the the cord that's from the handheld the um, curly hand phone set. receiver yeah the handheld like phone cord and so he's choking him out with that and he's about to die the phone starts ringing he holds the receiver up to he goes it's for you it's for you and it's all <laughs> the kids are like we're gonna fucking give you what you deserve or whatever i don't know what they say but um he's like you know, my
0: boy Finney's arm is clutch or something like that. Yeah. I, again, we don't remember I think that I think that
1: was it was like that your arm is clutch or something like yeah. that. And then he just squeezes and breaks his neck. I'm glad we neck. remember that at the very end of the podcast. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And then he breaks his neck with a phone cord.
1: But again, this this also goes back to the fact that like he can hear it ring, but he never wants to answer it.
0: Yeah, and but he hears the dead kids say. Then he hears
1: the dead kids and it kind of dawns on him like, oh my God, it really is a phone call, you know, from the grave or whatever, you know, like the realization kind of dawns on him. Now I wondered, did he always know that and just didn't want to admit it? Or did he just not really believe it? Or like, again, there's so much there that I'm just like, I needed like a little piece of something. Yeah, I need a little more. So at this point, also, as this fight's happening, the cops are descending on this house, 7743. And they are, like, surrounding the area, and they go up to the, the door, and they kick it in, and clear. No one's here. Clear. All based on
0: a dream of a child. Who's at the- Where's your <laughs> warrant, Mr. Officer, <laughs> Who's sir?
1: at the- Look, better ask for forgiveness than ask for <laughs> permission. Um, yeah, so, like, they're checking the house, like, it's all clear. There's nothing here. Wait a minute. Hold on. There's a basement. And then you, all this action leads you to believe this is in the same house as the stuff that's happening to the grabber right. downstairs with uh, Finney.
0: You expect Vinny to be down there. Yeah, but he's they, not.
1: When they open the, the basement and they go down, <gasps> nothing's there. It's a bunch of shallow graves. And then the <laughs> cops go, this is where they're burying the kids. Which, how'd they know that? They just immediately assumed it didn't even disturb. I mean, the dirt. let's be honest, man. It Come wasn't on. like
0: it wasn't like mounds of dirt with crosses, dude. It was just a well, flat Well, there was dirt. like some
1: mounds. Right, but they but didn't yeah. they're like, this is where all the dead
0: kids are. I was like, you don't know that for sure. Well, to be fair, you can <laughs> add up
1: the numbers and be like, well, that tracks. Well, once
0: they find the open one that's already been dug and it's empty for yes. Finn, then you should say, Oh, these are graves. Yes. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, yeah. But for, for Look, convenience sake, for the story and the narrative. on are
1: these missing kids. They find a bunch of unmarked under the basement graves. I would put two and two together, too, and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to bet. <laughs> 20 bucks says that I'm right about this, Tom.
0: There's too much teen violence for them to just assume this is their answer to <laughs> the case. You got kids fucking etching <laughs> numbers in
1: kids' arms at gas stations. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, like, if this has happened, you're like, What? And then one of the steaks from the freezer, this is full of checkoffs, everything. Convenience. <laughs> one of the stakes in the freezer gets thrown to keep Samson busy mm-hmm. while um, Finney walks up the stairs, goes and unlocks the combo code, unlocks the door, walks out onto the front porch, and know what he sees when he walks out the front porch across the street? The house that all the cops are at, the one that his sister saw.
0: So two houses across from each other is where this is all taking Mm -hmm. place.
1: So like just directly across from each other. And uh, then the little girl, Gwen sees her brother walk out of the house opposite and she runs up to him and gives him a hug. And the cops are like, Oh my God, look, it's that kid. (laughs) And they all run over there and (laughs) be like, all right, come with those kids. Come with us. And then we cut to the aftermath scene where all the cops and the news reporters and stuff are like, we're live here in Denver. We go now to the lead detective who is going to tell us what happened. He's like, well, evidently this guy owned two houses directly across from each other. And I was like, <laughs> that I thought the delivery of like the recap felt a little like, let's just wrap up a few threads here. Yeah. In case you didn't understand what just happened, he owned two houses. They faced each other. Who could have
0: thought? Did you get it? Did you get it?
1: And what right. did you say? That was very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, everybody was like, that's literally what happens at the end of the Silence of the Lambs, just about. Well, it's um, different
1: locations altogether. But, right.
0: But they're they led to a different place yeah, in Silence yeah, yeah. of the Lambs.
1: So, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it so much, but I was just like, I remember when it was like, he owned two houses and I was like, Shit, I live in Austin. I, can, I can't I can even afford a house. I was like, what kind of economy was 1978 well, when you could just right. buy houses everywhere? How does a goddamn part-time magician
0: own two houses? It was a golden era for magicians. I want to be a magician, daddy. Well, good, son. You can own two houses on that salary. <laughs> like bullshit.
1: Um, yeah, that was the one thing I was really jealous. Of. I was like, two houses? But that's nice. Um, yeah, I'm a renter, by the way.
0: And the dad shows up and he cries on his kids saying, I'm sorry. And then that's kind of the end, isn't it? Yeah, that is the end. Oh, I'm sorry. He goes back to class the next day, and oh, everybody yeah. in school's like, look at that badass. Oh, they're
1: all like, <laughs> I heard he was seven foot tall. I heard he was made of full steel. You know, and was like, first off, hold up. <laughs> you yeah. know, you went to school with this kid. You would have known if there was a seven foot tall kid in your school, period. Right. But you know, it's just kind of the whole like, oh man, he's the myth, the legend. This guy, you know,
0: who was unnoticed, is now like. And he goes back and sits down next to that girl they're gonna dissect the frogs with, and he's like, the name's Finn.
1: Oh, she goes, she goes, oh hi, Finny. And because like, again, he didn't think she knew his name, but right. now she does. And I'm like, so to get the girl you want to like, like you, all you gotta do is get abducted and kill a serial killer. Right. All right, I'll take that. I'll take care of this. It's easy. If anybody out there knows a serial killer, give me a heads up. We'll put John (laughs) in a mask. Oh my god, no. Um, so yeah, that's it and so he kind of and
0: that's how Finney got his mojo back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: how Finney got his groove back. Right
0: and that's how the movie ends. Um, was there any after credit scenes? Didn't stick around so I don't okay. know. okay. I made
1: it pretty far through the credits and then eventually I had to like go but yeah
0: yeah actually no, I made it through the entire credits because we were sitting there talking about it the whole time and the lights okay. came on and we got kicked out. so no, <laughs> there was no after credit scene. cram it you kids. right. So uh... black phone. That's that movie. Like I said, I was entertained throughout and I wanted to see how it ended. I would say if you can catch it on a streaming service, go for it. See what you think. Uh, It's got all the buzz of the internet right now and everybody seems to be
1: enjoying it. I really liked it. I fully recommend this movie. I would honestly kick it around to like seven and a half, eight out of the 10 star fiasco. Mm, That's pretty high. 4 out of 5. Or actually more Three 3.5 maybe 4 out of 5. Because it does have a few problems for me, but again, problems for me, I don't know if the general public's gonna have these problems and it's just hard to know. Um, But I do love when a movie kind of can like be a entry level to horror because as we know, like I was not a big horror guy when we started this podcast, you know, like not a fan of them really. And so these entry levels is what got me into this stuff. So we could have more of that occasionally. I really like that. And again, I thought the movie was good. As as you heard, I've I've had some problems, but mostly just, you know, I wanted more out of certain things. I
0: think the supernatural stuff is a little too inconsistent. You know, who gets to see it? Who's going to experience it? Why is the phone the way it is? Uh, I think the grabber could have been a little more intense and a little more villainous. Um, I think they could have made this movie darker. Think they could have pushed it a little more i would like to have seen more out of the grabber
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: um but otherwise like i said as a, as a thriller trying to find out how this uh crime spree ends i was interested enough to see it through so i would recommend it to that degree um interestingly about this one speaking on ethan Hawke, he was really hesitant to do the role because he didn't want to be pigeonholed as a villain Mm. which he's been doing a lot of lately. Yeah. And then it says he realized he was 50 and he's like, you know what? I'm okay being the villain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's all he's been doing for, you know, the last years. He's really versatile
1: though. I think he can pull himself back into anything he wants, just given the opportunity. But yeah, I can see that. You know, you do really good at something or you get the accolades of something, they're going to kind of try to typecast you. Yeah. But I think he's got the chops to jump around or whatever he wants, given the opportunities. Well, seeing that this is a
0: Blumhouse production, and seeing that it's made more than... I guess triple it's budget you think we're gonna see a sequel I think there'll probably be some sort of black phone too I just don't really think we need it birth of the grabber yeah unless now it's gonna be like what does the phone is it it gonna be all about the phone like it goes to another house like is it gonna vanish it's all about Pacific (laughs) Bell
1: like installing the
0: phone yeah it'll be like that someone with the shining installs the phone right Mm. it's gonna be like that magical shop that just appears and goes different (laughs) places to where it needs to be (laughs) you know Well, listeners, thanks for joining us on this crazy adventure that was Black Phone. Have you seen the Black Phone? Why don't you let us know what you think about it on our social media? We've got a Twitter, a Facebook, and an Instagram. You can find all our stuff at thegravetalk.com. You got any recommendations or cold open ideas, let us know. We're happy to pepper those in uh, as we can. And next week, Garrett, we don't know what we're doing yet. We don't know yet. We'll surprise y'all. It's a mystery to even us, but we'll figure it out. And hopefully you'll join us then for the next episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you then.